Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. Uh, this is episode 84 and is being recorded on July 22nd, 2018. Today's topic, reaction to Star Trek Discovery Season 2 trailer. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. This episode is sponsored by Revenge Lover Designs and Illustration. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off your order. How's it going, Mr. Barry? It is going well, Mr. Gallo. It's been so long since we last spoke. It's, you know, it's been a long road getting from here to there. <laughs> Indeed it has. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm excited. There's some uh, Comic-Con stuff that, that happened this weekend and Star Trek Discovery. was in full swing at the show and i'm very excited likewise and it's like almost exactly a year since the season one trailer premiered for star trek oh, wow. discovery wow it, it seems so long ago now it does it does um, i saw it pop up in my facebook uh memories that i shared it ah. uh, it was either yesterday maybe the day before that uh, so almost exactly a year, which is, is kind of crazy. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to talk about the trailer, but I was so impressed of like how finished everything looks like. I know that it's not going to be premiering until early 2019, Ugh. but yeah, which that pains me. But if all of these clips are from the first couple episodes, it seems like they're really polished and, and the effects look amazing. Even if it's you know, this early into the game, I guess. Yeah, uh, and even with some behind-the-scenes issues they've been having. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I guess we won't really get into right now. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff. Yeah, the the, the real good stuff. I mean, we'll, we'll catch up on all the news, like, in our next show and stuff. But, yeah, San Diego Comic-Con, you know, it's it's wrapping up today as we record this. And they had the big Star Trek Hall H panel and there was a lot of stuff that we learned and also the debut of this uh, trailer. So maybe we should talk about the things that were learned from the Hall H panel. Sure. Let's do that. So this information we're grabbing from Star Trek's official website. Uh, you can find all that there. So first up, we know who's playing number one. So number one, it's number one. Number one <laughs> on the list is number one. Right. That's good. But Rebecca Romaine. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Yeah. We know her from X-Men. Oh, yeah. And she's also been in The Librarians, which is a fairly popular show on TNT, which, by the way, Jonathan Frakes directed a lot of those episodes on The Librarians. Hmm. And he's directing some this season of Star Trek Discovery. So it all kind of ties together. Yes, yes, indeed. So that's kind of exciting to have uh, a name or someone of her stature in Star Trek. 
Yeah, and I mean, she's no stranger to like you know science fiction roles, like we just talked about X Men, the Librarians. So Star Trek just seems like a natural fit, and she's playing a character that we don't know much about. We only saw number one in the original series pilot, The Cage, and that was played by Majel Barrett Roddenberry, who later played Nurse Chapel and Loxwana Troy and the voice of the computer on Star Trek. So she has some big shoes to fill, but I love this teaser image. Like, she's holding the original series badge. It's just a close-up of her hands. You get a hint of the uh, gold command uniform, which number one did wear. She was in the command track. And then you see the boots just kind of, uh, you know, soft focus in the background. And uh, But even the nail polish, it's like simple, like... Mm-hmm kind of feels like that 1960s style color. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know about nail polish, but it just <laughs> seems like simple, like no flash, like here we go. And, and the badge looks amazing. It, it it's great. It doesn't have like the rank pins like discovery. So yeah. it's really separating like what that, some of that newest novels were talking about where they, they have like a different uniform structure on, the Constitution class ships, because as we see with this uniform, they do have the command braids on the sleeves, just mm-hmm. like the original series. Right. I'm very excited for this. Uh, me too. And I definitely like the these changes to the Discovery mm-hmm. uniform. Uh, mm-hmm. We will get kind of into that a little later. Uh, Not the Discovery uniform, the, the original series uniform. Right. Right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So next up, we have Short Treks coming this fall, which will probably keep people subscribed to CBS All Access until... Yeah, they said four, (laughs) which will roll out monthly. So, I mean, once those start up, I guess they got my subscription again. I did did unsubscribe. Oh, you did? uh, For for a few months. It's like, uh, I'm only going to subscribe when, uh, you know, they get going because... Uh, other than Survivor and Star Trek, I'm not really invested in a lot of CBS programming. They do mm-hmm. have some good stuff, but, you know, it's nothing I can't just catch up on when I resubscribe, you know? Right. Actually, my subscription doesn't end until September, uh, right around the time. Uh, or you'll need to renew. <laughs> I'll need to renew. So good planning on their part, I guess. So these short treks are going to be approximately 10 to 15 minutes long. Each one will be an opportunity for deeper storytelling for some key characters. Okay. These characters include Saru, played by Doug Jones, Harry Mudd, played by Rain Wilson, uh, who will also direct his short, which is cool. Oh, okay. A new character named Kraft will be played by Aldous... Hodge? Yes. Aldous Hodge. Let, let me look him up real quick. It's sure. not very familiar. I, I just kind of want to get a face. Yeah. Oh, snap. Um, he was, um, uh, he was, he played Alex Hardison in the t- TNT series Leverage. He's actually like a really good actor. And okay, he was good. in, he was in the movie Straight Outta Compton. Okay. Yeah, I really like him. He does have, like, really good comedic timing, too. 
he he's kind of one of those uh if you see his face and you've seen the stuff he's in it's like oh yeah it's that guy um okay. he's been in a ton of tv shows like as you know guest appearances and stuff yeah like i'm i'm super excited for this cool and then the fourth one we don't know but i'm wondering maybe they're waiting to announce it what if it's spock what if the last one is spock and they're not ready to announce who the actor is yet. Interesting. That would be cool. Yeah. Because we do know, because there is a little tidbit in here. I'll skip down to number seven. Although they don't show Spock in the trailer, mm-hmm. they will show Spock eventually this season. Right. So that would be cool if uh, I don't know what they would explore. Well, uh, here's a little uh, tidbit. So I, I was looking, I don't know if it was like uh, truck movie or truck today or truck web or whatever the tracks, um, but they did a comparison. Uh, There's a shot of Spock's quarters mm, mm-hmm. and they picked out that he has the red walls like his, ser- like in the original series, there's a grill paneling by his bed, which is also from the original series his uh, Vulcan lyre is there, his harp. Yep. That's there. And the Vulcan bells from Amok Time. Those are also in his quarters. As well, on his console is a 3D chess set. Yeah. So they really did all, they really grabbed all of his details from his quarters and just reinterpreted it for Discovery. Yeah, and those, those are cool little nods to a canon. So yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to those uh, shorts and CBS All Access is going to take more of my money. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I wonder if those will also release on Netflix outside of the U.S. Probably. Yeah. Next up, we have Wilson Cruz is back. So we last saw him pass away. Dying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he got killed. I mean, yeah, right. Uh, we also, but we saw in the Mushroom Network, right there, uh, he existed in Stamets's mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we saw him there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they will bring him back. Right, and I wonder if that like little magic spore that landed on Tilly has something to do with it. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I wonder if there'll be, like, a Nexus type of deal where you can, like, pull people out from the network. I I, I don't want that. Okay. To me, that might be, like, just, like, another dimension Mm. uh, Colbert. Oh, right. Like, not our Colbert. Okay. And I really don't want that to happen. I don't know. Like, how I would want it to be is I, I want it to be all in Stamets' head. Like... Maybe he just got so infused with the network last season that maybe he's having these connections and these hallucinations kind of a thing. Mm. And and that's how they explore their relationship. But if it starts affecting his duties, you know, it might mean that he's crazy or something like that, you know? So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. And I've always been on the fence because it was like, you know, if the character's dead, they're dead. Right. And I, I know that's, you know, not always the end-all, be-all in Star Trek. Uh, we've had plenty of characters come back to life. But I don't know. I, I think we'll just have to wait and see how they approach this. But I liked him. I'm I'm glad that there's going to be more of him. For yeah. sure. 
Yeah, definitely. Next, we have Chancellor Laurel. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so obviously they're going to continue to do that storyline uh, now that she's in control of the Klingon people. I thought that was a little weak because she's like, oh, I'm just threatening you guys with a bomb. And I mean, anyone could like kill her or take that control or whatever. So wasn't a big fan of that plot point at the end of the season. Okay. But I do like her character. I just didn't like that, how they wrapped up that season with the Klingons. Um, But it seems like we'll see more of the Klingons. So that's good. But it's interesting because Chancellor is something that we've uh, seen many times before in Star Trek for the Klingons. Uh, you know, Chancellor Martok, uh, Chancellor Galron, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. she will be representing the, the Klingon people. And I think it's cool that, uh, you know, we have such a strong female character uh, doing that in the show. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And we'll see what happens, I guess. Next, we have the anti-Lorca. We have Captain Pike. <laughs> I, I am so excited for Captain Pike. Yeah, me too. It's, I mean, I I liked the original series Pike, the very little we saw of him. Yeah. And I like the Kelvin timeline Pike. Yep, me too. So it'll be interesting to see this iteration of Pike. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, we've watched the trailer already. It'll be interesting to see how he interacts. He seems like a really nice guy, which is is good. Yeah. It's definitely opposite of Lorca. Uh, he's oh for sure. Definitely more in, seems more inviting, not a mirror universe uh, right. bad guy. So what Alex Kurtman says is, uh, he said, "What I love about Pike, and this is what I took from Jeffrey Hunter's performance, and to some degree, the Pike that we did in the movies is that he's a man who's very kind." who has tremendous authority and yet can still apologize when he's wrong. In so many ways, he's the opposite of Lorca. And then Anson Mount, uh, who plays Captain Pike, said, Pike was Roddenberry's original face of Star Trek. I only knew that there's this tremendous optimism to this person and a good heart, and he's someone who probably had good mentors. I'm really enjoying playing a character I like as a person. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. And just from the trailer, and we'll get to it, but I I just liked everything about his character from what little we saw. Mm-hmm. Like, it did remind me a lot of the original series Pike that we saw very little of. And what I liked, and, and not to get a, a delve too far into it, but from the cage and the menagerie, like, I really, the, the one scene that always stuck out on me with Pike was he was having self-doubt about, having the lives of, you know, 400 people under his command. Uh, you know, when he was in his quarters and he was confessing to the doctor. Yeah. Like, that was so powerful for me because, yes, he is a captain, he's in control, but he's still human and he still has mm-hmm. these doubts and these fears and he's not afraid to talk about them. Right. And, I mean, that's cool. I would love it if we see some form of, of even Dr. Boyce from the menagerie in this, mm. like just a little cameo, yep. like, you know, get it, get an older guy. And there you go. There's Dr. Boyce. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's funny that you say that, uh, that scene with Pike in, in mm-hmm. the cage, that's sort of reminiscent of what Saru went through during season right. one. Right. So th- 
And I think they're those two characters to see them interact is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I think Pike will become a mentor to mm-hmm. Saru. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So next up, Tyler and Laurel. So we'll have more of that story going on Yeah. in season two, which is good because there is a lot to explore there. There was a lot of questions at the end of season one about them. Yeah. And obviously he went off with her instead of staying with Starfleet. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot to explore there. And I would also want to know about Giorgio. That isn't, I don't think that's mentioned anywhere here. Yeah, they don't even mention it. <laughs> uh, so it would be interesting. I wonder if that's one of the the treks, the short treks, mm-hmm. which would be okay to for me. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And like we said, Spock will be seen somewhere during the season. And uh, yeah, we have number eight on on this list from Star Trek. There's going to be canon. Uh, I hope there's canon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what he says, what might be considered Easter eggs to the original mm-hmm. uh, series, uh, seeking up with canon this year. Nice. So I don't know what that means, uh, but I mean, we we do see uniforms similar to the original series. We have the Enterprise, uh, which we saw at the uh, end of season one, which uh, looks uh, gorgeous and very similar to the original series Enterprise. Right. So, yeah, that's that's the takeaways. Now, did you see, there's another article on StarTrek.com. Did you see all the pictures that were released? Uh, I don't think. Because uh, I, I just want to talk about some of these images. And I, I right-click and open the image, that, that big one on the top, with them in their spacesuits. Okay, yep. How badass does that look? Yeah, no, these spacesuits are definitely cool. And Pike is looking very Pike in that picture. I love that they they nailed his hair. Yeah. The the hairstyle is spot on. Like he look he he looks a lot like Jeffrey Hunter too, which is crazy to me. So yeah, that that's awesome. But I really like that they're uh color coded too. Like you got the gold for command and the red one in the back looks badass. Oh, wow. You know what? This is the first time I noticed that now that you're mentioning it. Yeah. So it's 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 command uh, engineering, but Michael's isn't blue. It's just it's still that specialist kind of color, okay. or maybe that's just the standard one. Uh, but if maybe. I zoomed in, but Pike is wearing it says USS Discovery on there. So, so so that's a cool shot. And then they got this like drone thing near them. These, yes, these drone light things. Uh, but they're in some kind of uh, airlock type of quarantine system going on. Mm-hmm. So who knows what that's about? And yeah, uh, the the other image I, I thought was really good. Well, we also get um, Chief Engineer uh, Reno. Yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, yeah, sh- she's cool. And then uh, there's the one where we see all three. They're, they're all in the elevator. But you see the, the blue uh, uniform, the gold uniform, and the red uniform. Yes. And... And Lieutenant Nan, uh, who's uh, in the red uniform, she does have the skirt. You can see it. Yes, yes, I did see that. So I, I like it. I mean, they nailed down the colors uh, for 
the original series. Yes. And and they all kind of work. I, I just I really love it. Yeah, they um the the colors are good. The braids are shiny. So of the yeah. rank braids. Uh mm-hmm. so I mean you can definitely tell right away cuz uh what what rank they are. Yeah, cuz that was the biggest problem with uh Discovery. I mean, and, and we talked about this plenty, but you know, you have to stare at someone's chest to see a little dot where, you know, in in a emergency situation, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that the rank uh, sleeve stripes are very prominent. Yeah. Uh, and I guess since we're we're talking about it, uh, can I just talk about my my yeah, issues? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I watched the trailer maybe 20 times or so (laughs) i've watched it three but yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and at first there was something about the the uniform pike was wearing that just was throwing me off and i guess after the 15th viewing it's grown (laughs) on me yeah but the thing that's throwing me off in which eric and i were were discussing it before the before we started recording it's the same cut uniform as discoveries right you can see all the lines you can see the shoulder uh like ribbing and stuff and and the collar is the same all they did for the uh enterprise uniforms was just make it the solid color and add the division and the collars are black but in the original series they did have that black undershirt which showed up as their collar is, is it the shape of it that's throwing you off? Yeah, so the, the biggest issue I had originally with this uniform is the shape of the collar. It's a little weird, because it's not even. It's it's not even. It's the same, like we said, the same collar that the Discovery uniforms have. Which isn't as noticeable, because yeah. the blue blends into the, the rest of the uniform. Right. So, so it's not as distracting. Yes, it's... I dig it on the the solid blue uniforms of Discovery, but the solid division colors of the Enterprise uniform, mm-hmm. the color just throws me off. And, yeah. And it took me a while, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, 15 viewings or so. <laughs> but now I, I've accepted it and I can move on. I, I think it looks pretty slick. It threw me a little, a little bit off too. And, you know, when I saw these stills and analyzing the trailer, I was like, oh, it's, it's literally the same discovery uniform, like the same tailored cut. They just modified a few things mm-hmm. and, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, cause they still have the same panel lines. Like there's that, that line, you know, that kind of segments the chest you know, where in Discovery, that would be like the silver parts or whatever. Right, where they have those little Delta yeah. shields. Yeah. Yeah. And so they kept the lines. They just made it a solid color. And I like that. It gives it a little bit more texture to the flat color that they had in the original series. Mm-hmm. So it adds a little bit more detail, a little bit more texture, which I don't have a problem with. So I, I really don't know what I was expecting. And you can tell, I mean, obviously they probably did it, you know, to, you know, save some time and, and money. But I don't know. They I think they really they really work with the solid uniforms. I mean, it it really hints at that 
gap between Discovery and the original series, you know? Most definitely, and I can see this as a transitioning to maybe a simpler uniform that we end up seeing in the original series. Right. Or, you know, maybe not as simple, but Mm -hmm. I can see it transitioning to a solid tunic instead of uh, this kind of a little bit more formal jacket. Right. And yeah, now you can definitely see the evolution, like with Discovery and they're using the same cuts, they're just coloring it differently. So it, it, it definitely, you can... You can definitely see that they're aiming for that evolution of the uniforms, for sure. Yeah, which I I dig. Yeah, me too. It, it, it points at continuity, which hopefully will uh, ease fears of some fans who are, well. you know, against <laughs> against the series. Uh, yeah. For whatever reasons. Even if they're the wrong ones. But moving <laughs> on. <laughs> right. So should we delve into the trailer? I think we should definitely delve into it. Um, so, uh, if, if you guys want to watch along, uh, with us, I mean, it's a two and a half minute trailer, but we're on, uh, Star Trek's YouTube. Uh, so just look up Star Trek on YouTube, go to the official channel. It's the Star Trek Discovery season two premiere first look trailer. So yeah. And on the count of three, we'll hit play together and, and comment on it. All right. And then we'll we'll break it down, guys. We'll we'll like go back and like pause certain scenes and and all that stuff. Uh so 1 2 3 play. We have always looked to the stars. I like that they're carrying the uh the Burnham monologue tradition. Yeah. Is a message. And as someone mentioned that warp Effect yeah. looks like the Kelvin universe. Oh, it totally does. And some weird figure here. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Captain Christopher Pike requests permission to come aboard. And he beams right in. This is awkward, but the best way to get into a cold stream is to jump right in. I'm I, here to take command of the discussion. I like that awkward shake. <laughs> I have a thing against that awkward shake, but it was funny. Yeah. When an imminent threat is detected. Federation sensors picked up seven red bursts. Some kind of red burst thing. I don't know what that's about. Neither do they. <laughs> Is it a greeting? A declaration of malice. I like his. I like his optimism too. Right. And they leave behind the Enterprise. I don't know why. Yeah, I like the Lenny Kravitz. Maybe uh, Discovery is faster. Oh, maybe. That's true. That's true. I am in total free fall. Trust us. Discovery has you. Right, ladies? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And these, these pod things are, are really cool. And Tilly's awesome still. Yep. Oh, and then we saw Pike in the Discovery uniform. Mm-hmm. The whole Spock thing going on. Yeah. Spock is influential in every series. Oh, yeah. To some degree. Yeah. I love that shot, whatever the hell that was. And then, was that like the cloak? Don't know. It looked like some kind of explosion shockwave. Ruffle a few feathers. Oh. I look forward to it. Oh, love the Enterprise in the background. That was cool. Yeah. And action, action. Hit it. Oh, that was the best part of the trailer. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to discuss that. 
<laughs> oh, are are you talking about like uh, punch it? Yeah. Yep. Excuse me. He says hit it instead of punch it like yeah. he did in the movies. Yeah. Linus, you okay? You look a little. Yes, I hear it's going on. <laughs> Bless you. And he's a a uh Saurian. Right from like the motion picture. Yeah, yeah, and you know where Saurian brandy comes from. Oh snap! Yeah. Wow. Exactly. I've never yep. put that together. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So just uh, uh, initial reactions before we kind of break it down a bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's good. It gets me pumped for a season two. I feel that this was a bit more upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more optimistic, mm-hmm. which is good because uh, I know there was some complaints from right. season one. And it'll, it'll be good to see them exploring something like, oh, uh, you know, this is Starfleet's mission to go out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was just, uh, it, I think it had the right balance of mystery and action. I mean, they totally spoil the, you know, Captain Pike. But at this point, you, you got to show him. Yeah. And obviously, he's integral to this season, mm-hmm. at least the premiere. Uh, he is taking command of the discovery uh, for this particular mission. Uh, so I think that's pretty exciting. Right. And I think that's some good storytelling because, you know, discovery coming together as a team and now they have to work with a whole new captain, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be as difficult with Pike as it was with Lorca or, right. Or mirror Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think he's going to integrate into the crew well. And obviously, you know, he brought aboard that Lieutenant Non and, and whoever the other guy is. I think but, Colony. Colon, oh, Colony. right, right. So so he, he brought a little entourage with him. Kind of maybe his... It's not, it's not number one because she's going to control the Enterprise right. while he's gone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much we'll see of number one, but if you cast someone like Rebecca Romaine, she has to be at least a pretty big part of the season, I would think. Yeah, right. Like, like you don't get a, a big star like that just to be like, oh, we're going to use you for 10 minutes and that's it. <laughs> right. At least I hope not. No, I, I hope not either. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be just a cameo, if if that makes any sense. Like, I, I want it to be a bit more substantial. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. So uh, let's let's break down uh, the trailer. Okay. Like like you said, we see this warp effect for the Enterprise, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna mute that part. You see it streaking, and you're right; it's very much like the warp effect that that we saw in the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, which I'm not against. No, I think it's a good warp effect. Yeah. Like I I love that strobe effect that it has mm-hmm. which you know makes sense um you know instead of the streaking like little stars i think light would be a bit more warped <laughs> right <laughs> when you're when you're going to warp so i think it's a cool effect yeah no i i do too and then we see burnham in the middle of like all this wreckage mm-hmm. or, or something and no idea what that is and you see this weird figure like and if i pause it it's got a humanoid shape. Right. But there's all these like weird 
tendril branch things that are like branching off of it. Yeah, almost almost like wings or like veins that you would see in like a a wing of like a bat or something. Or like an insect. Yeah. Yeah, and she seemed fairly terrified at the cuz it you, you could tell it was walking towards her. There there is a certain stride to it. But Burnham's face here, like I'm pausing it at 21 seconds Mm -hmm. and it's just, I don't know if it's a mix of like horror or awe or both. Right. But she seems fairly freaked out at whatever the hell this thing is. And it's, it's just reflected in, into her visor. And I don't know if, if, if this is the new, if this is a new species, if this is a species that's being reinterpreted from what we saw, we we just don't know yet. But what what are your speculations on it? I I really can't figure out what it would be mm-hmm. or how it relates to Spock at all. Yeah, and 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 we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. Unless it's see. unless it's Spock. Dude. That, that, that's weird. Uh, so we got Spike in them. Spike. Uh, <laughs> we got Pike and them beaming in uh-huh. uh, to the discovery. And I love his line that the, the best way to avoid a, a cold stream is to just jump right in. Mm-hmm. I, I love that because it, it's kind of like his like charm that we saw in the cage. Right. You know, when, when he was with Vina kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. So there was a, like like you mentioned that little funny moment where uh, Saru is about... trying to shake with his left hand. Yeah, my only issue with it's funny. Don't get me wrong. My only yeah. issue is how long has Saru been around humans and he's never shaken anyone's hand before? Or maybe maybe he just doesn't do it often enough, or maybe he just keeps forgetting. Oh yeah, humans shake with with their right hand. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, It just, uh, it seems a little off to me, but it's just a little slight nitpick. It it doesn't mean anything. And this line about taking command of of the discovery, Regulation 19, Section C, Mm -hmm. and it's only instituted when a direct threat is detected. So... Whatever this threat is, we don't know. Uh, we get a cool shot of it looks like sensor pods. Yeah. Um, but when I'm looking at this, the curve of the bottom of this thing, it looks like that's from the Enterprise because that okay. was a sensor dome on the bottom of the Enterprise. Right. So if that is indeed the Enterprise, that's kind of cool. Mm hmm. Uh, so we get this sensor array. And what do you think about these like weird seven points of light? Well, I'm guessing that figure that we see has to be at one of these points of light. Right. Right. And what point in the trailer are you at right now? So I can just jump to there. I, I'm at uh, 47. 47. Huh. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Um, and they said spread across 30,000 light years. Right, so we have this uh, in the middle of it, this huge red disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder what that could be and how that relates to them. And 30, like, I'm kind of nitpicking about the trailer. He said 30,000 light years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Voyager was 70,000 light years away, mm. you know, in the Delta Quadrant. So is this like a, a quadrant spanning phenomenon? I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah, it could be a, this part could be a visualization. Mm-hmm. Maybe not actual representative of it. Okay. But to me, it's like, you know, three red light or seven red lights don't just show up. Like, if they were spread across 30,000 years, it would take that long for light to reach. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, so, I mean, unless there's some kind of sensor network put up and it detected these. Right. I don't, maybe it's some certain wavelength in that in the center there might be the entire galaxy, potentially. And what we're seeing is a certain, you know, spectrum of light. Oh, that could be too. But yeah, I think that's actually what it is. Yeah. So let, let's listen to his line. He says, mysterious signals are beyond anything that we understand. And they don't know if it's a greeting or... The, the malice declaration that he says or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. But he says, let's find out. Like, oh, we'll just warp to all of them. It's still 30,000 light years. And we've established in Star Trek that that is a huge distance. Right. Like, like that's that's a quadrant. That's the size of a quadrant. Well, I wonder if uh, there'll be spore jumps. I would assume there would have to be to cover that distance. Uh, otherwise, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Because otherwise Voyager would have completed that 70,000 light year journey in like a year and there would have been no problem, (laughs) right? you know? Yeah. And if it wasn't the case, why not just use the Enterprise, essentially a a newer ship? Right. So I think that they're choosing the Discovery because of its unique spore drive. Right. But, you know, how we saw it at the end of last season, it was like... They were already dismantling it or, or taking a, a look at it, you know, pass it on to, you know, the Federation scientists. So I don't know, because there was that little bit of time gap between the end of the season and then they were getting awards pinned on them. It felt like a little bit of time had passed. Right. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned about this, like, seven lights thing. It, it, it's going to be another season spanning story arc. I mean, that they, they, they're not shying away from that, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's my concern is like, I don't want every season to be some gigantic mystery. Mm-hmm. I, I do want, you know, hints of solo stories. Right. Which we, we got a little bit of that even in season right. one with uh, the mud episode there. Yeah. I just don't want, like, every season to be, oh, big, gigantic mystery we have to solve. Yeah, no, I I understand that. Yeah, and then we get the shot of Discovery warping away with uh, the Enterprise right there. Just love the visualization. Then we got this shot of, real quick, at 104, the shot of the Discovery in this, like, weird asteroid field. Mm -hmm. And someone pointed out on Twitter, like, they left the garage door open because you see the shuttle bay. So I don't know oh, yeah. if they're prepping for a mission or, or, or what that's about. Right. Then, yeah, 104, 105, this away team with Captain Pike, uh, they're all raising their phasers. And it seems to be in the same spot that Burnham was in that was burning and there was trash all over the place. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a similar 
uh, position. Right. And we get another shot of it. And I don't know if this is a planet, like some kind of bazaar on a planet. I don't know if this is a ship. I don't know what this is, but they have those like light things around them too. Yeah. These little probe sensor things. So I don't know if these probes are part of wherever the location they're at or they're, they're probes that they brought with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because in that shot, it looks like they're scanning the crew. What point are you at? At 105 to 107. 105. Okay. So we got this away team here, and they're they're bringing up their phasers, and the lights, like they're tracking the lights that are circling them. Like they're being scanned or something by these lights. Oh, I see. Yep. So we got that, and then we're going to have these these shots of these like spinning pod things through mm-hmm. this i don't know what to think about this like i don't know if these are escape pods at one point pike mentions oh no you know i'm i've lost control they're going to bring me in type of thing right yeah i don't know what to make of them either they kind of remind me of sort of like the jellyfish that spock a had a little bit yeah um, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're smaller than a standard shuttle. Yeah. But why not use like a worker bee? Because we know they had worker bees. Right. Unless unless these things are more maneuverable and can get through the asteroid field. That could be. Maybe like a high propulsion thing. Yeah. I don't even know if those are asteroids. Like it could be flying space poop. Who who knows? <laughs> we, we don't know. Yeah. So then we have it says, oh, the next adventure and a cool shot at uh, 110 of Pike in the captain's seat of the Discovery mm-hmm. when they're warp. Yep. And he's got that he's got that damn lean in his seat that I think Jeffrey Hunter had, and I think that the the new Pike from the Calvin uh, timeline had too. Mm. Like he's got that captain's lean in his seat, right. which I think we've seen from Pike before. I don't know. To me, he could just be leaning in the seat. But to me, it feels like like it's these little things that they're getting right. You know what I mean? Right. Like mannerisms and and whatnot. Right. Yeah, I I dig that. I like that. And then uh, hitting play again, we've got, I think that's Burnham running through this exploding wherever the hell they are. So typical Mm -hmm. action sequence. Uh, We get... The discovery is in this asteroid field, and that's at 113. So we get a, a glimpse of the discovery there. Mm-hmm. To me, to the left of the discovery, that big giant asteroid, it looks like there's all these lights on it. I don't know if it's like lights or if maybe it's some kind of shiny part of the asteroid that's glittering, but I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But so they got. They oh, said 10 seconds to impact. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Oya Shant, her name, yeah. um, <laughs> says. I, I'll get her name right at, at some time. See, in this shot at 1.14, they're flying away from the Discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, the Discovery right. is in the background. Right. So I think those are launched from Discovery. Oh, you know what? And I think Pike has some debris. Yeah, in... it's lodged in his windshield. Yes, yes. Because That's he cool. says, I, I'm in free uh, fall. I'm in free fall, yeah. And it looks like some kind of beam or metal chunk yeah. has embedded itself in there, which means he's lost control. 
So I think these are actually launched from Discovery because, I mean, towards the end of the trailer, there's that shot of her like being launched from it. Mm -hmm. So uh, she says, Discovery has you right, ladies. So it seems like this is, I don't see, that's the thing. I don't know the sequence of events. I don't know if it's before or or after, but in a way it kind of reminds me like, at least this premiere, it feels like it's going to mirror the first premiere because Burnham was out on a space mission. Oh yeah. You're right. And found an alien. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like that's what's happening again. Like she's on this space mission and that shot at the beginning where it's like the, the creature or figure reflected in her visor. To me, that feels like another torchbearer moment, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a very good point. It's like there's some there's some dichotomy there between the two premieres. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. I this this was like a nice funny moment where they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we got you. Yeah, sure. And you know, Saru freaking out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, does that mean that Discovery is controlling these things, or are they piloting them? It sounds like a mixture of both. Interesting. Yeah. Because at one twenty two. There's a brief shot of another character that's probably the fourth in this pod mm-hmm. that hasn't been identified before. I think he's our red shirt that kicks it because oh. there's only three, like it's Burnham, Pike, and Lieutenant Nan. Right. So whoever this guy is, I think he kicks the bucket. But he looks like he's powering it up. Mm. So I think Discovery does have some autonomous control if they need it. Yeah. And then they're flying. Uh, it looks like asteroids are crashing into each other. And then we got Tilly saying this is the power of math. And we got Stamens like smiling and they do a high five. That's at 125. Yeah. Uh, you see Lieutenant Aram in the background, uh, the, the robot mm-hmm. lady from the bridge. Right. And I like that they're all clapping and... Uh, then they do the high five. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it is. And then at 127, you get this great shot of the Enterprise. You do see a worker bee. Oh, yeah. So there, yeah. there's a worker bee. And then you see the discovery in the background. And I'm so excited for so many great starship shots in the show again. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, it was so hard to see the shots of the ships from the first season because everything was moving so fast. Right. And and it's nice to see just two ships kind of, you know, chilling. S- just chilling. And you get to, like, <laughs> look at them and see how beautiful they are. Yeah, because the effects work on Discovery looks great. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, take a little bit of time and linger on these ships because I think they're beautiful. They look really good. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the motion picture type right. of linger. Right. But, you know, just let me see see some curves, you know, of the ship. Right, right, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so we get that nice shot. And then uh, at 129, you see Pike in a Discovery-based uniform. Mm-hmm. I think this is when he's settled onto the Discovery. Right. So if he's taking command then he's got to look like them, I guess. Yes. It's just jarring seeing him in this uniform. <laughs> right. I think he looks pretty dapper in the uniform, though. 
I think anyone that gets put into these uniforms looks pretty good. Yeah, you're right. Then at 1.30, we see Burnham in Spock's quarters, and she touches his folded shirt. Mm-hmm. And Pike says that he took leave as if he ran into a problem that he couldn't solve. So what do you think about that? We see Spock do that in other shows right. or, or movies anyway. He did that. He took leave in the motion picture. Right. Um, and this is a younger Spock. So I don't know if if like he couldn't deal with something if he would, you know, it, it just it kind of seems a little rash for him mm-hmm. to just leave. Um, right. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, really. And how he's he's related to these these points of light. I don't know. I don't know if that's just a conjecture that Burnham is making or right. if he really is connected to these lights. I don't want him to be connected to these lights. I mean, yeah. that, that, that seems a little bit like too coincidental. Like, we know Spock is awesome, but he's not the center of the Star Trek universe. You know what I mean? Right. Like, celestial things don't happen because of one person, yeah. you know? At 1.33, we do get a shot of, and I know a lot of people screen cap this and we're speculating, but of his control panel. Mm -hmm. And it says, Lieutenant Spock, science officer, personal log. And to the side, there's also Vulcan script Mm -hmm. in that like vertical uh, squiggly bit uh, columns, uh, which is a fantastic detail. I'm glad that they're not forgetting those things. Yeah. Uh, but we got Burnham like like looking at his log and there is this vis- visualization of those seven points of light. So it's like he was investigating this in some mm-hmm. capacity. Right. And whatever question or answer that he came up with, maybe he didn't like it or maybe maybe it struck to some core of some personal belief or something. Yeah. And. So Burnham says Spock is linked to these signals and he needs help. So did he take a leave or is he gone missing? That's that's another question. Mm, or he took leave and no one knows where he is, I guess. Right. And then we get the shot of, of the pods uh, launching. So whatever this sequence is. And uh, if you watch this and pause it, uh, Michael is smiling uh, when the pods are launching. And it reminds me of when, again... The the first premiere, when she was smiling, just at the exhilaration of being in that suit as well. So I think that's a, a, a nice bit of uh, reflection and, and continuity just within the series itself. Like, she does find these moments of joy in kind of like this adrenaline rush aspect of, of exploration. Yeah, and it, it's good to see her human side. Yeah. Oh, hey, these are totally launched from Discovery because I just paused at 144 and you see the Discovery nacelles. So they are launching from the back of the ship. I wonder what they are or if they launch out of the shuttle bay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then Burnham says, uh, we're on a collision course with a pulsar. And then uh, this Reno character says, oh, what a relief. I thought we were all going to die. And and that was pretty funny. Yeah. 
at 150, we see this, like, there's, like, this window with all these pods, and then it, it kind of fades into this uh, hallway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know on what ship this is, if, if that's, like, the neck of the Discovery. Like, I, I don't know. All right. It, it seems a little bit too tall. But I like that Pike's kind of taking everything in because he's, like, looking up, and his assistants are also looking up. So... I don't think they've ever been on a crossfield class ship before. Right. And maybe they're curious as as to the design of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There okay, so there's that one fifty-four. You see the discovery in this asteroid field, and you see that weird like thing. Like a distortion of some kind. And now that that they said pulsar, I'm wondering if that's the effect of the pulsar. Oh, okay. Maybe. Like, it, you know, a pulsar sends out those bursts. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's what it was. Because at first, when I first saw this, I thought that was like a cloaked ship. I'm like, oh, shit, the Klingons again. But now that they said pulsar, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Then we have at 157, uh, you know, Pike says, you know, try to have a little fun. And they're in this tube with the emergency containment on the side. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. We've, we never seen anything like that before yeah i do, and to me it reminds me of like in et exactly. or something yeah yeah with the the containment mm-hmm. stuff exactly what i was gonna say and there is those little probes so i think those probes are starfleet issue there's a brief shot of uh saru with his threat ganglia so those aren't going anywhere <laughs> Uh, we see that running figure which i'm guessing is burnham explosions in the background mm-hmm and then explodes in front of her. And I think that ties into the beginning because I think after that big explosion, she's sitting in the middle of that burning debris, and that's when that figure shows up. Mm. So if I were to, if I were a betting man, I would say that's the teaser, the end teaser for the first episode. Like it ends okay. with this figure, like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And we got Pike saying, oh, we're going to ruffle a few feathers. And Burnham saying, I'm looking forward to it. Great shot of the Enterprise in the background. Mm-hmm, yep. I love that they did that. It, it reminds me of um, in the original series when they were on Space Station K7. Uh-huh. And they had that little Enterprise model outside of the window. Like <laughs> right. it was sitting out there. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah. And then I think that's the Enterprise getting damaged by that. By that uh, asteroid. Let's see. Uh, or no, 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 that is the discovery. Yeah, because yeah. I see the three nacelle lights. It tears up the hole pretty good. Like a, a big section of that front hole is is torn off. And explosion. Okay, and then at two o five, it's like a whole bunch of Starfleet crew because that looks like Stamets and Tilly in the front at two o five, and there's this device in the middle. Right. And now, is that part of the spore thing? Oh, no. Why would everyone be gathered around it? I don't know. Or is that a device that they pick up? And there's, I, I'm playing it a couple different times, and it looks like something's flowing in between the rings, like it's some kind of generator. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know what, no idea what that could be. But, yeah, there's a whole crowd of people, which interests me, like... No idea what this is. And then we get a sh- another shot of the flyers, and then the it's really quick jumps. I'm like really pausing this. Right. Uh, Burnham running through the exploding uh, containment tube thing without her helmet. More of the shuttles, and then 
it seems like an asteroid chasing one of the shuttles. So I don't know what the deal with that is. Uh, fade to black. And then Pike says, hit it. Yeah. Now, what's what's your issue with hit it instead of punch it? Like, could they not <laughs> say wait, it? Wait, wait. Yeah. Hit it. Punch it. Bop it. Twist it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would assume the only reason why they didn't say it is because... Well, it's too much like the movie? It's too much like the movie, and maybe they can't necessarily copy... Why can't they say punch it? Come on. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because, you know, it's Paramount. You know, right, right, right. Instead of CBS. Like, oh, we can't we can't have TV Pike say punch it. We got to have him say hit it. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. <laughs> like, I want, if I'm, if he's going to say something, like say something that's been established already. Right, right, right. Uh, like, to me, if he said punch it, I'd be like, Ooh! like the movie yay yeah because <laughs> that was such a cool moment in the movie so i mean in the movie he says uh wait what does he say in the movie it's like let, let's see what's out there punch it yeah like i don't know if that's because you have to push oh, wait you have to push the the lever i don't know if you right. hit a button <laughs> in in the discovery like hit it Hit the button? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. No, to me, that's it's not like hidden. Well, you don't punch a lever. <laughs> you push a lever. You, you don't yeah. punch. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with a, a logical explanation, which is dumb because there isn't. Yeah. And, and there's some really quick shots after he says uh, hit it. One is Saru's eye whitening. So something, ooh, shocking happens. Mm -hmm. And then... There's like this blue current that they're pushing through. Oh, yeah. And then we get this like kind of it looks like a GoPro cam shot of her running. <laughs> yeah. So so they got so they got the GoPro shot, which is good. And then we get the logo. So good on the logo. Mm -hmm. And then we get this elevator sequence. They're all saying, excuse me. It kind of feels like a awkward. Yeah. Like, do they not like him? Uh, right, and then he sneezes on, on this dude. Yeah. And he's kind of like, oh, great. I, I don't know if they did this for the actual trailer or if this is going to be in the episode, but I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's definitely funny. Um, Again, th how long has this alien been in Starfleet? He should know to cover his nose when he's about to sneeze. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like, didn't, like, Keezer do this like he sneezed right onto something or, or yeah, yeah 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 so yeah uh that's our breakdown of the trailer for season two of Star Trek Discovery and you know how it was worded it said premiere first look so if all of this happens in the first <laughs> in the first episode I mean wow that's that's gonna be packed yeah, I wonder how long the first episode will actually be. I would love it if we get a double premiere like we did for season one. What I would like is having an extra long first episode, like nearly, a, uh, if they could, a two-hour first episode. Because it's going to be a shorter season. I think there's, what, 13 episodes? Right. So we're not going to have as much to see 
Mm-hmm. So it would be good if they can make the episodes a little longer. Yeah, like, you know, it, it is the promise of streaming where, you know, these episodes can be however long they want. The one I was disappointed in when we got, when we got the episode that was like 40 minutes, I was like, yeah. whoa, that's it? Like, right. wow, you guys really cut that. Yeah. So to me, it's almost disappointing when they go the other way. It's like, I want more content, not less, you know? Right. But I'm fine with anything as long as the story is served by that length of time. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right. Uh, But man, this, this got me excited. It really did. Yeah. How can you not be excited for more Star Trek? Right. Right. So we're going to have to wait until early 2019. Oh, it sounds so far away. <laughs> it it does. But I mean, we're going to have these little short trek, short treks. Yes. Which I guess will, you know, whet our appetites until early 2019, which I hope means January. But I guess we'll see uh, what they say early 2019 is. Right. You know, February, March. Uh, hopefully we don't have to wait that long. But yeah. Really excited. Uh, hopefully we see some more previews turn up as as we get further along into the premiere date. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of news, but I'm just really excited for <laughs> the next season. It's it's really it's really cool. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So I, I guess that wraps up what we need to say. And mm-hmm. Eric, if we were to look for you on the Internet, how would we do so? Yeah, so just look for me on Twitter and Instagram at TrekkieB47. You can check out uh, my Power Rangers podcast, if you're into that sort of thing, at rangercommand.com. Excellent. And if you were to look for me, you can find me virtually anywhere at Nova Charter. So until next time, live long and prosper, and uh, we'll catch you later. Keep on trekking. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com.